0: Welcome to the American Med Spa Podcast, Medical Spa
1: Insider. This week, founder Alex Tiersch is in conversation with Dr. Steve Weiner, founder of SoNoStatics. Okay, welcome everybody, Alex Tiersch. Here again, and welcome to another episode of Medical Spa Insider. Thanks to all of you for for listening. We really appreciate uh, every all the listeners, and, and and feel free to subscribe on on the subscribe button. We'd love to have you um, come along for the journey. Today, we are very excited to have the godfather of ultrasound, Dr. Stephen Weiner, uh, who is uh, uh, a friend of mine, someone I've known for a while, who, who's been tr- kind of uh, traveling with the faculty of the Academy for Injection Anatomy with Chris Surich. Um, and then along the way, we've gotten to know each other a bit. And, and not only have I grown a fondness for his taste of in shirts. You have a, a, a great, colorful taste in shirts, but um, it's been really impressive to see what you've built um, around the use of ultrasound and aesthetics. And really, you've been one of the pioneers in this, particularly um, in, in injectables, and we're going to get into all things um, ultrasound. Uh, welcome. Thanks for coming, Steve. Appreciate it.
0: Thanks, Alex. Um, yeah, I've always been a fan. I, I was probably one of the first um practices to uh enlist in the Spa membership i don't know 10 12 years ago yeah and um participated a lot in your um conferences uh i remember 5 6 years ago talking about id uh yeah. therapy
1: yeah and, and that's that's
0: really taken off
1: yeah so that's, that's that's when so I that first. that
0: should be a uh, clue. Yeah. Listen, because other things are going to take off too, like ultrasound.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's a great that that that's a great point. Um, when we did first get introduced, it was in relation to more in relation to your IV practice. You'd kind of started pioneering that as well, and um and yeah, I agree. So, I mean, for those of you who are listening, you've got you know you've got like uh you've got the med spa treatment whisperer who is <laughs> like like Yoda. Um, but, um, but I, I, so I want to get into, to, to, to all that. I I do want to let everyone know, um, we, um, so, so Dr. Weiner's, uh, teaches, uh, what he calls the fundamentals of, of ultrasound. And it's a, it's a, an incredible course. It's gotten nothing but really five-star reviews. And we've been host kind of co-hosting it with our boot camps and with, um, the AIA Cadaver uh, Injection Course. So check out our website. We've got a host of dates up for next year, 2023, that you can you can check it out. The all, we, however, we are also um, Steve's been gracious enough to to host a a course um, on Thursday, February second during the pre-show program at Medical Spa Show in Vegas at the Wynn. So for those of you who are um, coming to MSS, to Medical Spa Show, please um, check out the pre-show Ultrasound Fundamentals course. Now, I will say this because we we always get kind of burned by this. It it will sell out. Um, Seats are limited. So we we would love if you you want to come and learn about ultrasound after you hear from um, Dr. Weiner, um, then I, I would recommend you go in and register right away because they are definitely going to sell out. So all that said, um, Steve, let's let's let let's break it down. I mean, because you know I've um, I've been in the industry, um, obviously not as a as a as a practitioner, um, but even in my limited knowledge of of kind of how the clinical side works, I've heard on multiple occasions folks bring up the use of ultrasound in relation to complications and finding things and, and all that. Um, I, I kind of want to just dial it back, though, a little bit and, 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 and just explain kind of, number one, how did, um, how did this, like, what's kind of the history of this? How did ultrasound come up? Um, how did you get involved in it? And then we're going to dive into kind of what its, its true uses are in the day-to-day practice of, of medical aesthetics, um, because then I because th- th- that's really where it's it's it, it's going to cut its teeth as far as how it's going to help people in their particular practices.
0: Well, good question. Um, I backing up a little bit. Uh, there have been periods where ultrasound has been um, adopted by the various medical specialties, um, including like emergency room. Right. Uh, you know, the, their model now is basically. If you're going to put a needle in it, ultrasound it first. Um, trauma cases, um, using ultrasound. Uh, ICU, you know, we used to put it in um, central lines. We used to do it blindly. Now, you would not never think about doing that blindly. In fact, I had an ICU nurse come to me and say, even in a dire emergency, like a code, mm-hmm. patient is dying. They bring ultrasound so that they um, can place lines or do manipulations under ultrasound guidance. So it's very important. Um, Even more important, um, Florida just passed the law that if you're going to do a BBL, you need to do that under ultrasound guidance. And you actually have to videotape the whole procedure because the BBL has about a 1 in 3,000 chance of having death associated with it. Mm -hmm. So is that going to transpire to um, medical aesthetics? Well, it might. You know, we never know. Um, But I got into ultrasound a little over three years ago. Um, I went to Amsterdam where Leonie Schelke uh, and the Cutaneous Group reside in Amsterdam. And um, they've been doing it for over 10 years, mainly for taking care of complications, but also for evaluating patients. So I went to their complications clinic, which they do three to four times a week, uh, 15 to 20 people a day, multi-specialty radiology, dermatology, aesthetic physician and so forth and spent the day. And, and what really sort of, um, hit home was there was a patient who had a nasal vascular occlusion. Mm-hmm. She calls them vascular events now and, um, basically injected into the blood vessel mm-hmm. and the nose, uh, skin was, uh, dying basically. Mm-hmm. Um, she told the physician who did it inject 3000 units of hyaluronidase, the dissolving agent. And I'll see the patient in the following day. 3000 units is a ton. I Mm -hmm. mean, our vials are 150 units. So that's basically 20 vials, but they they have a different formulation where you can come to the powder form. So it's not that much volume, but anyways, um, Came to the office uh, at that clinic, and patient was no better. Leone takes out her ultrasound, finds the occlusion, injects 125 units, resolves the occlusion, sees out an ultrasound, sees the blood flow being normal. Patient, uh, very young, now very happy. Yeah, We actually saw the patient the following day in the um, didactic portion of the uh, uh, course that I went to, and she was absolutely normal. So that you know that that's a real um, aha moment for me. Yeah, that uh, you can be so precise. I, I, I liken it to um, carpet bombing when we yeah. is the way we currently do it. We kind of know that there's an occlusion somewhere in this area, and we inject blindly, right? But try to do a field effect rather than what we do now in current uh, warfare is those smart bombs where right. you, you can exactly dial in that bomb and, and nail that occlusion. Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, I think that we're late to the game as far as aesthetics go. Yep. And there's going to be some resistance. Resistance is, you know, I've been doing it fine. Why do I need it? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, progress. Yeah. Uh, if you can do things better and more safely, I think you should use it. Then they say, well, um, you know, it takes so much time to do. Well, you know, I in my courses, I, I tell people, you, you know, you don't need to take that much time. First off, you don't need to map the entire face right. before you inject. You only need to do the specific areas. And then the specific areas I get into, look, we can do just this or just this. We don't need to know the whole path of the vessel. We just need to know if it's deep or superficial. Right, right, and so you can do that in a few minutes, um, and then the learning curve. Well, I'll tell you, if you come to one of the courses, by the time you leave, I almost will guarantee you that you can take home that ultrasound and use it in your office. Are you really? going to be an expert? No, but you need to continue to practice and on your family members, on your staff, um, and uh, on willing patients, and you'll get better and better.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I I I I want to ask about that in a second because I, I it's I always whenever I pop my head into your to your courses I always see everyone you know ultrasounding their neighbors or their hands or whatever half the time in the I'll I'll walk in on you somewhere and you're ultrasounding your 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 arm or something um, um, I, I'm curious though and this is you know maybe not practically related but just more for my own curiosity why why is it that it's taken us as long as it has here in the States to adopt, start to adopt ultrasound when it's been so prevalent over in Europe. Um, and, and the, and, and just like your example, I think was perfect. You know, they inject 2000 or whatever, however many um, of units and they can't get it. And then by virtue of just doing a little bit of ultrasound, you can get it in a in hundred. I mean, that, that's enough to, 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 to make a difference. What's been the delay getting it here in the United States?
0: I think part of it actually is an improvement in technology mm-hmm. and price point. You know, uh, for facial ultrasound, you should use a higher frequency. Higher frequencies are a little more intricate than the lower frequency ultrasound, so they usually cost more. Mm-hmm. Um, so typically, uh, <clears throat> before the handhelds have come out, you would spend between twenty dollars and $30,000 and then you kind of have to think about, well, what's the value? Am I gonna get extra money? Am I gonna be able to charge for it? You know, and there's there's some of that. Um, but but now you can get a handheld uh four to five thousand with high frequency, high resolution. Now that argument is put to rest that you know you don't have to spend the fifteen, twenty, twenty-five thousand. Um also maybe um it's a little more difficult. Because the blood vessels are much smaller. Mm-hmm. You know, the carotid artery, the jugular, they're, they're huge. We're dealing with vessels that are a millimeter or less sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so you really um, uh-huh. need very high-end uh, apparatus to, to see these things. Um, and maybe, we, you know, it's just something that uh, hasn't hadn't gained popularity because we've been doing it fine for the past 15 years, we, but the problem mm-hmm. is, is that our complication rates are going up, mm-hmm. maybe not rates, but the number of complications are going up just because more people, there's think. more people doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that um, to be a top-notch provider, you want to provide uh, the best experience. The best experience is the safest experience, in my opinion. Um, Absolutely. And, uh, it's turned out that, uh, it, it's good for taking care of complications, but it's also good at preventing complications. It's good at learning anatomy, learning Mm -hmm. injection techniques. So when I go to, um, different practices where I do hands-on trainings, uh, I bring my ultrasound. I said, okay, um, like Chris's course, you know, we want to inject in the prezygomatic space in the." uh, and we want to inject below the smas, and I say, Are you, "Do you think you're below the smas, or you think you're above the smas?" <laughs> I take out that ultrasound, and we prove it one way or the other. Mm-hmm. And you know, eight out of ten times, it's in the right place, but sometimes it's not. And, and the ultrasound kind of, you know, you can't lie to the ultrasound.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, the 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 times that I've heard of it um, used in in practice, just through the grapevine or from talking to other providers. The whoever ultimately had the ultrasound because because again they're, they're not that prevalent so there's there'll, there'll be complications the complications will not be resolved at some point they they get the patients to somebody who has an ultrasound and they're able to fix it and and really it's the only thing seemingly that is able to fix it um, so I, I've always heard about it in the context of of addressing complications but what I would love to ask you about before we get into that too much is is how do you use it um, in your in in your regular everyday practice, you, you talked a little bit about this, but when it comes when a patient comes in for let's say you know a, 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 any kind of injectable, like are you finding that this is a way something that you can from a business standpoint you can you can increase your price? I mean, how, how do you deal with the business aspects and the timing aspects of, of using ultrasound in your practice?
0: Yeah, that, that's another common question I get. You know, if I'm going to spend this money, um, can I charge for it? Well. In practicality, I think that if a patient has been coming to you for a while and you're charging X and then you bring up your ultrasound and you're charging, let's say, 50 or 75 bucks more uh, as an ultrasound charge, I don't think that that's going to fly. Mm-hmm. I think I think that you can um, increase your prices in general right. um, and, and it's included um, and you could attribute it to... Inflation, yeah. um, costs, as well as ultrasound. And I think that that's probably the best way to kind of sneak that in. Mm-hmm. Um, but you will also get patients who come just for ultrasound uh, because you are um, interested in, in my safety or being at the cutting edge, and I really would like you to do my procedure because you have ultrasound. So you're going to get other people because you use ultrasound and then you're going to get some people that are coming to you, not with acute situations, but with chronic situations where um, they want something dissolved or characterized. Mm -hmm. And in that case, usually they're out of town and they're coming just for the ultrasound. In that case, they actually do charge for an ultrasound procedure. And then um, on top of whatever I do, I, I, and I, and, Quite frankly, you want to charge a pretty good fee for that because Mm -hmm. again, as you alluded to, um, there's not a lot of people doing it and you're, you're special now. I would say the penetration is less than 5% in our field, but I predict that it's going to be 50% within five years. Um, so, um, I, I think the return on investment is a little bit intangible, but, um, you know, I, I don't think the cost is so prohibitive that, um, you know, it should uh, inhibit you from getting the device. Right. right. Uh, so when someone, someone comes in, um, you know, obviously, if I'm doing neurotoxins, I don't really have to use it. Some people do do guided injections in certain areas like the masseter mm-hmm. or the DAO. Um, But I don't usually do that. So it doesn't really add any time. When I'm doing injections in the face, there's only certain areas where I really am concerned. Um, and that would be like temples, forehead, noses, and piriforms. Those seem to be the areas that are, uh, most dangerous in my opinion, that are commonly injected. Obviously, if you're injecting Gabella, that that's a no brainer too, Mm -hmm. but that that's also a dangerous area. So let's say you're injecting temples. If you're injecting deeply, um, you make a little dot where you're going to inject. You take an ultrasound out. You see if there's a deep temporal artery there. If not, go ahead and inject. If you're doing a superficial type of injection, you want to just kind of map out where that superficial temporal artery is. And um, I actually do guided injections in the temple in that
1: mm-hmm. and make
0: sure that the cannula is in the right plane. We call it the interfascial plane.
1: So, so um, you're actually using the ultrasound while you inject, kind of the same time?
0: For for, um, certain areas, yes, Uh, like the temple. Mm -hmm. Um, Keep in mind that when you're using the ultrasound on top of an area, it's very (coughs) difficult to see the correction because it's kind of obscured by Mm -hmm. the ultrasound. But at the very least, what I do in the temples is I inject a little saline uh, and saline, shows up very well on ultrasound Mm -hmm. it shows i'm in the right plane and then i can convert it over to the the filler and at that point i can take off the ultrasound i know i'm in the perfect spot Mm -hmm. and inject the filler in the pure form i'm in i'm looking where that artery is in 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 the literature which is wrong it (laughs) says it's two or three percent the artery is along the bone in in the angular but in reality, I'm doing an ongoing study. I think it's probably 30 or 35% really? uh, are on the bone.
1: Yeah, that's a big yeah. discrepancy.
0: Yes, um, and I I don't know exactly what the – I think most of the prior um, evaluations were done with cadavers, and I think that ultrasound is more real-time. Yeah, I can see maybe some of the smaller vessels um, – and I, I actually did something. Um, so there was a patient who came in, um, actually a staff member, um, who had uh, an artery along the bone. And I go, gosh, you know, I'm seeing this much more common, but let's see if it actually is on the bone or if this is an artifact or something. So I actually did um, place the needle onto the bone and did a uh, aspiration so that... Mm-hmm. So you kind of pull back on the syringe and look to see if the blood filled the syringe, and it certainly did. So the ultrasound certainly correlated clinically with a potential problem, which was obviously avoided. Um, but I, um, but it it was nice to know that 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 correlated.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, no, I mean that's that's huge, right? I mean because that's a potential issue right there that you've, that, that you've avoided. Well, I, I'm curious, and, and, and I don't know if, if this is something that you've, since you've been using ultrasound for a while, maybe this isn't really applicable, but what's been the reaction to, to patients who come in? Like, I, I, I'm imagining a patient who's come into you, who's maybe been somewhere else, you break out the ultrasound on their temples or whatever, and start pointing things out or saying Oh, here whatever it is. And they're probably just kind of in shock because up until that point, they've never had that. And they maybe didn't even know what the risk was. What's, what's the response been from the patients when you do this?
0: It's, it's universally uh, embraced Yeah, and they're curious and, and they want to see their pictures. Yeah. And, um, you know, they like this morning, I actually had an ultrasonographer that I injected and, um, she was one of those ones that I was looking at the Puriform area, and she had actually both arteries on both, well, arteries on both sides along the bone, and um, she was very intrigued with that. She was used to looking at babies, which is a whole different um, sort of uh, handpiece uh, probe, yeah. different frequency, and so forth. But yeah, it it's amazing. Um, they 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 feel safer. They said. It's almost like you guarantee their follow-up because um, they know, know that very few, if any, of their prior injectors use an ultrasound. Now, again, it's it's going to start taking on more popularity, right. uh, and I hope it will. And that that's my sort of my push to in the industry right now is that I think that you will have uh, better outcomes, and if you have a complication you can take care of it much quicker and easier you can sleep better at night yeah um,
1: yeah I, I I would love to you, you had mentioned the the, the, the situation in um, uh, Europe when you were there learning I, I'm curious um, if you if there's one particular kind of war story or, or horror story that comes up um, here stateside that, uh, that 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 they kind of Points out and really highlights why it's it's important, if not crucial, for there to be access to ultrasound when you're doing injectables. Because again, I, I, one of the things that, that work we you and I talk about this, we're constantly battling it here. Is is the, this industry is growing so fast and it's so popular, and that's great. But there there is kind of an underbelly to it. Who who has kind of assumed that it's really easy and anybody can do it, and it's this that, and the other. But the, but the truth is, and, and being to enough, and listening to to you and Dr. Surik at, at AIA talk about some of these complications, it's really it's kind of scary when you think about some of the things that can happen, and it's overwhelmingly safe. Um, nevertheless, what's the what's kind of the what's the the reason, uh, or you know, what's the impetus or a story that you can tell um, that, that that should open people's eyes to why they should have ultrasound here in the United States?
0: I think that the two. Complications that most uh, feared by injectors are blindness, yeah, and uh, which is extremely rare, but um, does occur in one in about a hundred thousand cases, maybe up to one in five hundred thousand cases. Uh, but, but more commonly, one in about six thousand cases is occlusions, yeah, where um, for some reason when you're injecting. The most common areas would be nasal, labial, piriform, or, or lips. Um, the artery um, gets occluded, or you have a vascular event. There's debate about it, actually what happens now, but most likely it's some sort of um, injection inside the artery. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we can't do much for the eye, and, and so I'll, I'll, I'll just leave that yeah. for later. But, but for the others, which are much more common... And I get a lot of uh, calls about uh, the ultrasound can can really help determine the point of occlusion and can help uh, eradicate it fast. You asked me for a case. Well, <clears throat> this was about three years ago, two and a half years ago. A colleague of mine in uh, Seattle was consulted on a very quote bad occlusion. And it was caused by injection, I think, in the puriform which is so. So the patient was injected, the artery is probably down on bone. They didn't have ultrasound and they injected right in the artery. And it ends up um, causing occlusion of the nose, the cheek, and possibly the upper lip. But without ultrasound, I think they went through 40 to 45 vials, mm-hmm. maybe more. And the patient still had residual occlusion Mm -hmm. and at that point there was only a few of us three or four in the u.s that had ultrasound and this was on the west coast and uh stella dr stella in seattle took care of it and it was widely publicized on instagram Mm -hmm. um and it was well documented as well the 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 steps involved and and the skin changes and so forth and that really got people um worried and yeah. both interested in ultrasound as well but i i don't think that ultrasound should be reserved for those extreme cases because right. you'll never get good at it if you just leave it in the closet for an emergency like like a a shock device so, um so you, you should be using it uh, daily um mm-hmm. or you know weekly and uh, you'll get gradually more and more comfortable with it because what it is actually it's 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 visual recognition it's using your memory of visualizing things to help you determine the differences between whites grays and blacks mm-hmm. and at first you'll look at it and it looks it looks just gray and black and yeah you, but if you really and that that's what i do i go over and over in my courses look at this is what a filler looks like this is what a different filler looks like. In fact, I can sometimes determine differences in HA filler, which is interesting too, that I don't think anyone has described. Yeah. But you have your calcium hydroxyapatite, you have your PLLA, you have your PMMA, HA, and silicone oils that all show up differently on ultrasound. Then your fat, your muscle, your bone, and your arteries all show up differently. But, but if you get that repeatedly, um, you know, shown and you look at it, it will all of a sudden become glaringly apparent what you're mm-hmm. looking at, but at first it, it's very difficult.
1: Well, and and I I, I think you know I, I was curious about the using it um, for complications because that's kind of the what people are how they're introduced to it. But I think your point. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but in that particular situation, um, had there been ultrasound available before the injection, they might have been that whole situation might have been avoided simply because they wouldn't have of hit the. Uh, the vessel. So, I mean, using it kind of prophylactically and proactively, I think is, 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 is absolutely the way to do it. And, and, and the more, again, like you said, safety is never is always going to be appreciated by patients. And so I think that's um, that's huge. Um, Going to your second point though, about, about being able to, to kind of read it. um, How long does it take you? Your, your course is one day. Um, uh, tell us a little bit about what um, what folks are going to learn, and, and and how and how long it takes to, to really start speaking the language of being able to interpret this stuff. Because I see it, you know, and I'm just like that. Just looks like fuzz. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, you know, my course is um, a full day. Um, I think we start. Generally at eight o'clock, and we're done around four, four thirty, with a small break for lunch, and uh, and there's a couple other breaks, but but uh, I start off with the physics. Uh, it kind of boring, but I I start off with Important the physics. Help. Then I do yeah. terminology, and then I start to do all the anatomy um, because you and and everybody comes home with all my slides uh, printed out, so mm-hmm. um, they can. Refresh their memory by looking at those, and then um, at, at that point, after I've gone through the anatomy of the entire face and, and some parts of the neck, we we do hands-on and we try to we do almost like a scavenger hunt. Hey, can you find the masseter? Can you find the parotid gland? Can you find the dal muscle? And then we um, look at the temple and so forth. And then we take a break for lunch. And then when I come back, I do. Um, a lot about fillers and all the different types of fillers and, and how they look differently and how they have these artifacts. So, so that's another point. Um, sometimes when you're looking at something, um, there's an artifact and an artifact actually isn't an anatomic structure, but it's, it's something caused by the ultrasound waves bending or, or accelerating through different tissues. And it gives you clues as to what you're looking at. So if you, so, if you use all these clues and, and you surmise what you're looking at. Um, then I go through complications. I go through uh, ultrasound guided injections where you're actually using the ultrasound. So, um, let's say you have a nodule or an area that's swollen and you can see a discrete area of filler that you want to nail to dissolve. Mm-hmm. Well, that's when guided injections are perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, use a sterile uh, ultrasound gel and cover. And you can actually fall the needle into the nodule or area that you want to inject and watch it under real time injected, just like you would do if there was an occlusion as well. And then I do briefly talk about um, blindness Hmm. and how I would approach uh, blindness using ultrasound. and, And so I think my course, you know, goes a little beyond just using the ultrasound. It goes into handling complications which um go hand in hand with the AIA as well so i highly recommend if you do my course to do um the AIA course which uh piggybacks on yeah. so uh, my course is usually on a friday AIA is usually saturday and sunday uh, yeah with chris Surig.
1: and what's what's crew. always cool about that is that you've got your ultrasound uh, ultrasound is part of the AIA course it doesn't pl- it's not as 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 big but, but you've got it there. So folks who who learn the ultrasound, um, the basics and the, you know, the, the, the foundations on, on, on Friday, then on Saturday, they're learning kind of in real time, the, the anatomy. And then on Sunday they're with cadavers and dissection, you've got the ultrasound there and you're, you're kind of going through it as well. It's, 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 it's really a cool progression.
0: You know, was really interesting is, um, the last one we did, um, this was crazy. Uh, but uh, I had done the ultrasound course on Friday. This was Saturday morning. Um, one of the doctors that was attending said, uh, I, I just had uh, occlusion. Um, I just found out this morning. Yeah. And uh, can, I, can I get a little advice? I said, sure. Yeah. So what happens is the patient walks up.
1: <laughs> oh no
0: the, the patient was also attending the course it was an injector, so the oh. doctor injected an injector and uh during one of the breaks in the, in the uh academy for injection anatomy, I used the ultrasound. I found the problem, and actually because um I was going to see her you know over the next forty eight hours pretty well, I actually chose to um follow this because it was kind of on the edge of needing dissolving. Mm. And uh, Chris was involved as well. And so we did serial ultrasounds. And in fact, by the following day on Sunday, she was significantly better and uh, we managed. So that was pretty cool. So I, the, the portability of this ultrasound is amazing. Um, yeah. You know, there's Clarius handheld and there's a GE scan air which are the two um, sort of that that people use for the handhelds. But, you know, I just put it in my backpack um, and use an iPad. It becomes, you know, so convenient. Take on airplanes, um, take to trainings, take to the AIA course.
1: Well, it's great. I mean, anyone... No, I mean, you're, you're right. Like for, for, and and there's so many people that are doing trainings out there. I mean, it seems like everybody and their sister has a, has a training course, but it's, it's honestly, it's great to have handy during the training because you really can, you can, you can drive points home. Um, God forbid that you're doing a live injection and there's an issue like you've got, you've, you've got that there. It's, it's been, it's been really cool to see. I mean, you, you, you've talked a little bit about it and you think that the, the popularity is going to increase. Um, do you think this is going to be kind of like part, you know, is is this like an essential part of the injector's toolkit? Are we going to get to that part where it's basically ubiquitous or, you know, what's like the, what's the market saturation point with this thing?
0: Well, um, I think that the the problem with aesthetics in general is that we, we don't have a residency program, right? We, We don't have a universal, um, code that are certification. Right. So that that impedes, um, you know, requirements to have ultrasounds. For sure. Uh, but cert- certainly if there was a, a residency in aesthetics, it would include ultrasound training. Um, right now it's, um, you know, you, you it's up to the provide, provider to decide that. I, I do feel that, it should be adopted by at least someone in every practice. Not Mm -hmm. everyone that injects, but someone in the practice. To actually say, well, you know, if I get into problems, I'm going to rely on someone with the ultrasound. Well, that's kind of shifting the burden of Mm -hmm. something that really isn't desirable for that other person. Because who wants to be involved in a complication, you know, that's from someone else. So I I think that shirking your responsibility is kind of um, uh, not being responsible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, mm-hmm. even though things are rare, you got to prepare for the rare things. Look, look, I have a defibrillator in my office. Um, You know, are we going to use it? Who knows? But but I have that in the case of an emergency. Not right. that this is only used in an emergency. You will find the more you use it the more you use it because it becomes so helpful. Um, There are a lot of things. Basically, it gives you x-ray vision. You can see through the skin where you couldn't see before. And who who doesn't want that information?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, mean, it's, yeah, absolutely. Um, What's the, um... God, sorry, the, the FedEx man had the audacity to ring the doorbell setting off a, chain reaction of dog barking. <laughs> Hopefully you guys can't hear that. Um, what's the, what's the learning curve on this? I mean, you've you mentioned it, it takes, you know, it takes practice and, and that makes sense. Like, like anything, you're not going to take, you know, a course and be an expert, but w- how, when people leave your course um, how proficient can they expect to be?
0: Well, I think that um, when you leave the course, you're going to be able to do all the manipulations to uh, look at a certain area of the face. So are you, you're you going to understand what gain is, you're going to understand what color flow, color Doppler is, and you're going to be able to take pictures of things or videos of things. Um, but the real skill is actually being able to interpret what you're seeing on the screen. And that that's going to take repeated evaluations. It's going to take relooking at all the, um, the literature that I gave you. And, um, but I think that it, within three to six months, you can become pretty, pretty dang good at, at ultrasound. Mm-hmm. Um, having said that uh, I'm still learning at uh, three years, um, but uh, it's, it, it's, it's a very fascinating field too, because you we are on the cutting edge and um if you really like I, I I'm talking to someone later today that um and yesterday as well that they want to do some research they're they're new in the field, they're residents or what have you, and they want they want to do some research the it's an open door you can do all the research because really the literature is just starting on this so um you, you can um, really go far if you really want to accelerate in this uh,
1: field. Well, and yeah, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you can, I mean, you can become, you can become an expert in the field. If there's not that many folks out there and you continue to do it and you, you know, you publish and you research. I mean, that's a great way to build your credibility.
0: Exactly. But here, here's the other thing, um, the, the MCAS, which is mm-hmm. the biggest, um, Conference in the world for aesthetics. Mm-hmm. Last year they had 14,000 delegates, which is the biggest one ever. Mm-hmm. Their whole morning session in the main auditorium was devoted to anatomy and ultrasound. Mm-hmm. The number one rated um, presentation, which I was involved with, was uh, with Dr. Cotafana and me, and Leonie Schelke and Stella regarding the anatomy of the upper face right. and using ultrasound. And I did live ultrasound to that. Then yeah. take it another step further. Um, I was just involved in CMAC Complication Management and Aesthetic uh, Medicine uh, Consortium. And their first presentations for the first hour, hour and a half, were all about ultrasound as well. Mm. So, So it is being realized by the big big wigs in the field that this is the future and becoming the gold standard
1: Mm. well this has been um this has been interesting i'm kind of a i kind of like to nerd out on this stuff the the science of this stuff is 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 always really interesting And, and i think it's it's really important for um our industry to start adopting some of this because it putting aside the, the I mean the safety and the, the, the complication management which are, which are of course are, are, are not small things. I think it also just it, it really drives home the point that this is a, a, a serious industry that does serious things that is that is credible and having this type of this type of equipment and this type of um, commitment to safety I think is, is important for all of us. Um, as a uh, reminder, um, February 2nd, uh, is the course in Las Vegas it starts at 7 30 AM. So those of you who are going to be there on, on Thursday for the pre-show, uh, you'll be up bright and early. And then that evening we have a gala and that's just the kickoff of the whole thing. But, um, so that's when that is. And then we have a whole bunch of courses scheduled, um, next year. You can check it out on our website. If you go to American med American Um, and, uh, you can check out the, the courses there under the training section. Um, Steve, uh, I'll give you the last word. What do you want folks to know about ultrasound? And I, you also do other trainings, I believe, um, like more, more private trainings. Um, I'll give you the last word.
0: All right. So I, my um, training company is called Sonostetics and sonostetics.com. You could get more information. Yep. Um, one of the benefits of, of training with me is that all the trainees actually get listed on my website. Um, by geographic location. So if there are problems with patients um, or practitioners who need help, uh, they can go to that. And that's been very beneficial to the attendees as well.
1: That's pretty cool. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. And I, and I do do private trainings um, um, and uh, injections uh, trainings as well. Uh, I do a lot with Galderma. Um, for their private training or their peer-to-peer, they call it. Yeah. So I, I, I just think that um, incorporating ultrasound if you do a lot of injections is the future, and uh, don't shy away from it because um, it, it, it will, it, it will become the gold standard. Um, and uh, I, I'll see you at the course uh, in Las Vegas. Las Vegas will be a great course, but again, and I also do it in front of all the other AIA courses as well right. on the Friday preceding. Right. And then I do do some ultrasound um, training during the AIA courses on Saturday and right. Sunday too.
1: Right, yeah. Um, yeah, I encourage everyone to check it out. It's uh, it's It's really cool. And if you can make it cool for an attorney, non-provider, it's probably going to be way cool for the rest of you guys. Uh, Steve, thanks so much for, for, for being on and sharing your knowledge and we'll see it. We'll see it in Vegas.
0: All right. See ya. Bye. Bye. Good talking to you, Alex.
1: You too. Thanks for joining us this week with the American Med Spa
0: Podcast, Medical Spa Insider. This week, founder Alex Tiersch was joined by Dr. Steve Weiner, founder of So Stetics. If you're new with us, click on the subscribe button. Then receive new content when it happens. Leave a rating and a review. See you on our next episode.